When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense. But we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about the midlife crisis. Are we in one? <laughs> what does science have to say about your brain whilst in one, your brain in midlife, and whether other animals also go through the same thing? Dun, dun, dun. Are we in a midlife crisis? Well, we'll save that for the other part of the podcast where we talk about it. Um, but the I answer is yes. <laughs> did just buy a Porsche. I'm kidding. Oh my God. You know Porsche. what? I had to update people. What? It hasn't come yet, but I finally found a clock alarm radio. That's Whoa. Beautiful. And it should be here tomorrow. Is it vintage? <laughs> it's not vintage. No, but it's like a, I just, it's taken me so long to find something that's just not like an ugly ass clock. And so explain to the people where you got it. It's a brand called Tivoli or Tivoli. Um, and actually, if he's listening, our friend Gavin actually found it and sent it to me on Instagram. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. But uh, then, yeah, so it actually has a clock. It can. We got into- quite a few DMs about this issue. Yes. So, oh, we did? Yeah. On a oh, I didn't, I didn't Many see people saying they have found similar issues with not being able to find a nice yeah. looking alarm clock. Yeah, because it's that easy to radio. find a beautiful radio that's yeah. like even pretty inexpensive, but it's hard to find one that has like Yeah, no, you weren't you weren't wrong. You weren't um, not Googling. And I well. know people had asked, and so hopefully because some people were like, can you let me know if you find something? And so now I have. And it's called like the Model 3. Not to be confused with a Tesla car. Um every time I would look it up, that's what would come up. Yeah, no, like, Model Tivoli, 3. <laughs> Tivoli Model 3 VT or something like that. And I'm very excited and hopefully I it's can. It's not here yet though. So we'll get That's a full true. review because you just want to make sure, you know, all the parts are in place. That's Everything's true. right with what you, you ordered. You know where I got it from? Where? Very Canadian because it like, was very hard to get in Canada. Like no store, not even the main company would send it to no Canada. No one had a Tivoli. Babler Radio. You know those commercials? Babler Radio. <laughs> so not sponsored, but thank you so much for being the literal only place in this entire damn country that had one of them. <laughs> I was just at Babler and it's not there. So I'm like, what's Babler Radio stand for? Oh, it, it probably it originally there. was there. No, when I looked it up, it's there. Oh, wow. Maybe it's not on the main floor or something. Wait, 502,000. Anyway, for, if you're not from... Wait, no, that's what? not... No, no. They just... It's, for everyone who's not from Toronto, no, but it's just is, like uh, electronics. But story. there was a jingle. It wasn't like, Babel Radio. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> the Tivoli Model 3 is here. <laughs> anyway, just thought I'd bring that up. Okay, let's uh, get into what we learned this week. Okie doke. Oh, what did we learn this week? Well, this week I learned you can get a Tivoli Model 3 at Babel Radio. <laughs> 
It was really expensive in Canada, just so you know. Yeah, in no. the States, it was like more normal. Mitch just got YouTube money, y'all. Just I let just, that I be was known. desperate. I honestly been looking for so long. It's the only thing I could find. Sounds like so a what did you What did you actually learn? Oh, wait. I just, um, just some COVID research coming out there. We should be all thinking about it at all times. Uh-huh. This is in 16 macaque monkeys, which I'm so sorry, macaque monkeys, but we have been obliterating you during this pandemic trying to figure out how it works. So, yeah, we were (laughs) spritzing them with the virus. Um, Well, they did that to some humans, too, voluntarily. Yeah, that's true. And thank you to all the humans who did the vaccine trials. You did really great. We all got our vaccines, except for some people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they did not appreciate the fact that you put your lives on the line to save us all. But anyways, moving on. Um... So macaque monkeys are one of the, like you can think of as the closest to humans when we're doing a lot of the studies for COVID and they spritzed them with aerosolized COVID virus in small amounts to large amounts and really did find that low doses of the virus would have the macaque monkeys start to build an antibody response and they would find the virus in the respiratory tract, but they would have no symptoms. Whereas uh. as they went higher and higher, the higher the dose, same thing. You'd get antibodies mm. and you'd get the virus, but you would have severe symptoms. So it's just like... Like the dose exposure. Yeah, just another study about viral load. Yeah. yeah, which is something that I find fascinating. I feel like this pandemic has really made me do a lot of research about viral load. Mm-hmm. And it's very intuitive. It's it actually a term sense. that I didn't really know before the pandemic, to be honest. And it, it seems so obvious and intuitive in some ways, but I, it was really yeah. interesting to learn that and be like, yeah, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense that even with a regular cold or flu if you sneeze like of course the amount Mounts. that gets yeah. on you or someone to else start. might implicate how severe you yeah and it. whether or not your immune system is like holy shit overload yeah. or it's like oh i can handle this yeah like it's very intuitive and it seems a little too obvious but i agree like but obviously not i, I obvious. started learning about viral load <laughs> also during this pandemic and i was like oh my god and i remember the oh god what's his name um but he wrote the gene it's like the most famous like gene, genetics book that i love the name richard that, dawkins no, no, no. Oh. He has a long last name. Uh, whatever, I'm just going to butcher it. But he wrote for The New Yorker like really early on. He's like, uh, mm. we have to learn about viral load. And I remember just yeah. being like, damn, he's on to something. And now there's just more and more evidence. More empirical evidence. And it's like, he's yeah, because so I feel smart. like that conversation was starting to happen. But that's cool to see it actually be quantified. And it's just 16 macaque monkeys. You mm-hmm. know, oh, yeah. Siddhartha Mukherjee. Siddhartha, oh, I'm fucking butchering this. Siddhartha Mukherjee. Siddhartha okay. Mukherjee. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't it. know how to help you. I was Damn staring at But people know who he is. He's so famous. He's a, he's a staff writer at the New Yorker. Anyways, he was the first person to inform me. And then, anyways, macaque monkeys. Cool. Are allowed. Things to think about while you're out in the world, vaccinated, trying to figure out your safety levels. Yeah. Um, speaking of loads, my uh, study was about Viagra. Oh, I'm horny. So, and like speaking of midlife crisis, I thought maybe this kind oh, of wow. played a role. Uh, so Boners. I thought, how perfect. But recently, Viagra became more affordable in Sweden. So I guess the patent rights ended, which meant that other companies can start to make it. And the price has dropped like 75%. Yeah, screw Pfizer. Um, <laughs> does Pfizer own Viagra? Yeah, I thought oh, so. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Uh, anyway... They measured a very significant <laughs> drop in suicides since that has Shut happened. Up. That's such part. Bull. No, Gregory Brown. You no can't just way. hate everything about men. 
<laughs> like we can look out for the well-being of men as well. Oh my god, I love. It. Okay, fine, fine. Maybe it's the boners. Maybe it's the boners. So basically, they used the age group of fifty to fifty-nine for a couple reasons. One was that that obviously is like uh, a high. They saw a significant increase in the amount of Viagra being bought by that age. Yeah, group. fair. And Mid-life that crisis. is the age group that is the highest suicide rate. What in society? Yeah, fifty, 50 to fifty-nine year old. Yeah, man. I didn't know that either. So in in like that totally relates America, to America, England, whatever. It's yeah. like fifty to fifty nine is when people are most likely to commit suicide. Yeah, yeah. that midlife. Because I would have thought hard. it was like teens or something. Like Me I would have thought that. Yeah, no. I, oh, fudge. That's gonna be our own. Yeah. We so even basically, since that has happened, so I think Viagra. It was like they measured between two thousand thirteen and fourteen, which is when it was patented. And I think since then they've now measured like you know two thousand fourteen to two thousand eighteen is where the study was looking wow. at. I think. Um, and they found, <laughs> on average, 65 fewer suicides each month since the price drop. And this is in Sweden, so like not like a huge country, but 65 a month. Wow. Um, and it was basically the study was looking into, you know, how the lack of sexual intimacy might be linked to depression in men specifically. Um, because obviously this was like looking yeah. primarily at men. Oh my God, it's um, going to be weird when you can't get a boner. Yeah, I mean, like it doesn't happen to everyone, hard. but yeah, it would change, would it would change you your feel... perspective of yourself. Yeah, I'm sure, I mean, it's... Like any signs of aging, right? Like if you yeah. if you love running and there's going to be an age where maybe it's actually worse for you to run because you're yeah. hurting your body, like, or even like balding or all these like signs of aging that I think are really hard emotionally and mentally. It's like but, I already am balding and I already can't run because my feet hurt all the time. It's like <laughs> I'm like really going to suck when I can't get are a boner. Fe- <laughs> like I'm like, uh, does, does this have anything to do with 33-year-olds, which I am? <laughs> Oh my god no oh my god. i mean maybe but ultimately it was just uh the research suggested that a healthy sex life can offer some protection against mm. depression mm. okay as well as like there's yeah. many no, other benefits fair. of a healthy sex life yeah um, but this was just uh, talking about that particularly in men wow okay so lift the patent on viagra people yeah I, I guess that might just be only in sweden like i guess that hasn't happened everywhere else. i love it's like obviously pfizer's like the worst but i love how like during the, like the, <laughs> during the pandemic i'm like Pfizer, babe, let's get. Don't they have like really weird new names for the vaccines now? So that people aren't saying the brand name? Yeah, it's like both Pfizer and Moderna. Like, I think Moderna got like Spike Vax or something like that, but Pfizer's is so weird. Don't call it. Like Kernornaki or something like that. Oh my God. (laughs) Don't call it even Spike Vax. It's too violent. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds scary. I guess, but it's helping you make the spike protein. No, I know. But don't you think it should be like, nice, calm, feel better vibe back? True. Like, like... spike back? It's like, sounds like a knife. (laughs) Anyways, that's just my opinion. Okay, well, why don't we take a little break? And then, uh, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, no, I was like, did I? No, this is, no, it's because your, your, what you learned this week was very midlife crisis. Very midlife crisis. Yeah, I forgot which one. Okay. We'll be back in a moment. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Feeling imperfect, insecure, or inadequate? I certainly do from time to time. <laughs> How do you show kindness, self-acceptance, gratitude, and compassion to yourself every day. I need, this is such a cool thing. I need to tell you about it because I'm also just really excited because I've been using it for about 30 days now. Anyways, <laughs> mental health is a journey and Switch Research delivers expert guidance along the way. Their mission is to provide you with effective, easily accessible mental health resources to help you become a happier, more resilient you. So I've been using this journal that they sent us. Uh, it makes me do gratitude lists. I do it in the morning. It's just so easy to do when you just have this thing in front of you. It's kind of like a little workbook. I'm obsessed. But Switch Research has helped tens of thousands gain more confidence with their 91-day evidence-based self-love journal. They partner with psychologists, clinical therapists, researchers, psychiatrists, and other specialists who have years of experience under their belt to guide you through their self-love journey. Transform your negative thoughts into self-love by using our code ASAP20 today at switchresearch.org to get 20% off your purchase. So again, that's ASAP20 at switchresearch.org to get one of these journals or get 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to side note you know here at this time podcast that we love to talk about therapy we're always bringing the new insights we learn from therapy to the pod that's why today we want to talk about better help better help will assess your personal needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist that you can start communicating with when under within under 40 within under 40 freaking hours yeah, I stuttered it was that quick. <laughs> the canceling is done securely online and is available worldwide. Not only can you schedule weekly video or phone sessions, skipping the long commute and waiting room energy of the in-person therapy experience, but you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and get timely and thoughtful responses. BetterHelp lets you change counselors at any time, which is really important. It can be really annoying to find the right one for you. So you'll always get a great therapeutic match and it's more affordable than traditional online counseling with financial aid available. Just head to betterhelp.com slash side note to get 10% off your first month. That also helps the show by doing that and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash side note for 10% off your first freaking month. It's no secret that podcast advertising has taken the marketing landscape by storm. If you're listening to this, you know that. As a host, our audience trusts us to put out great content and to curate sponsors with products or services they'll actually find useful. That's part of why we do host read ads and why they work so well. But the process of booking these ads can be really confusing, but it's not 
when you're using Gumball. <laughs> so before Gumball, things were complicated for us. We just didn't even have ads. Like, honestly, it was just like really confusing. I was like, how do people even make podcasts or make money? But now we use Gumball and it's super easy. Gumball has made it easier for us to book ads so we can focus less on the backend work and just make this podcast for you and enjoy doing that. For podcasters, the key features is that it helps you monetize your show. You can learn about the advertiser beforehand so you can decide yes or no. It's really easy. It's honestly kind of fun. You get to use their back end. It's just like, if you want to start a podcast and you want to start monetizing it, just use Gumball. We're on Gumball, so guess what? You can also buy ads on our show by going to gumball.fm and searching for Side Note by ASAP Science. So if you're a brand, a lot of people just like email us. It's just a lot easier. Just go to gumball.fm and search for Side Note by ASAP Science. Browse shows, discover new advertising options, or list your own podcast on Gumball today. Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. Okay. In your studies, what did they say was the ages of midlife? Mine were all over the place. Oh, to be honest, I didn't specifically look at humans. Oh, um, <laughs> epic. That's so cool. so, I mean, midlife, what, what was it for you? Midlife. Okay, so one study was 40 to 70. And I was like, oh, that, that definitely is not midlife. Like, I mean, maybe 40, but yeah. not 70. Yeah, okay. And then the other was mid-30s to 50, which felt more in line with what I thought. And then another one was mid-30s to 65. That And they were so, all... Okay, I mean, obviously there's a range. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I kind of was like, like what, what is do you literally, picture as a midlife? Well, midlife would be 40. Okay, because, I mean, yeah, if the average true. person lives to, like, you know, 78 or something. Yeah. I always pictured a 55-year-old man buying a Porsche, like, doing weird shit. <laughs> like, I, I like I pictured 50 for some reason. And then yeah. when I started to read these variables and when I saw the one was mid-30s, I thought to myself, am I going to be in <laughs> I mean, I think that it's not... Yeah, midlife obviously is a range. I don't picture it as a 40-year-old person, although I could see it happening then, but you're right. The quintessential idea is also weirdly gendered as a man. Yeah, yeah. Who, like, goes through well, at, around after 50. Maybe once he's, like, hit the peak of his career and is now, like, slowing down and being like, what is the point of life? <laughs> there is some science in one of these studies about why it actually is way more common in men. Okay, well, why don't you kick it off? But be actually, before we start, like, do, are you having a midlife crisis? No, I don't know. No, I, d I don't think that I am. But, like, everyone at all times is having a bit of a crisis, right? Well, I <laughs> am. <laughs> I'm like... Wait, but, you are? No, I mean, like, I'm always what? having a crisis. So I'm like... But, like, okay, but... I'm like, is everyone not having an existential crisis almost every day? Yeah, no. <laughs> is that not what okay, happened? Okay, well, a midlife crisis. So interesting. These studies were all over the place because it's like kind of like. But since I've been what like is 25, that? maybe closer to But I'm thinking to what you're what you're going through is not based on the science that I'm reading. A midlife crisis. Oh, I know. But then I just mean talking about crises, yeah. and I'm I, I'm yeah. just even outside of this episode. Okay, I just well, need do you want to tell like, everyone what's your it, no? I'm just like, does everyone sort of have the moment when they're like, what are we doing? Like, I think what's so. the point of it all? Yes. And I do feel like it could be starting now because we're like, it is an aging thing. So, okay. 
I'm just, I'm just going to start. We can talk about your crisis in it because I think it's interesting, but I do think no, there's... No, it's not my crisis. Sorry. <laughs> uh, wait, but what are you talking about? You're. I thought you were kind of like, you're in a crisis. No, I just mean like, I feel like I'm constantly having like some level of existential crisis. Okay, so what I'm going to do based on these studies is maybe explain why yours isn't a midlife crisis, but yeah. it's just like maybe a crisis. Just a crisis. It's so okay. these studies talk a lot about midlife crises happening once you've already started a family okay the family started in many ways the family's maybe even done you've worked your way up to a pretty substantial repetitive job Mm -hmm. your relationships with people have now changed which i think is something i kind of can relate to by being in my 30s but like it's the kid thing hasn't really happened yet Mm -hmm. and you're dealing with aging parents Hmm. So that was all those factors. Those factors were the only thing I could really find as connections between these massive studies that I read. I will say midlife crises are hard to study. Yeah. Like it's hard to really define. And I think a lot of people go through a lot of weird shit at all aspects of life. Yeah. So one thing I thought was so interesting was that. So during midlife, which this one was the 40 to 71, that what they were saying is that you have likely already started to have kids. You've likely already found the career path that you want. Like they sort of left the 20s and 30s to experimenting, figuring it out, mm-hmm. having the ability to figure it oh out. Oh my God, are we still in it. the experimental phase? Yeah, well, according to these, none of them had early 30s. My existential crisis is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, none of these were like... And then... um yeah. I'm still looking. <laughs> so the main thing that was really interesting was like social encounters in your 20s your brain and the gray matter is built in a way where you are willing to meet new people. You're willing to go out on a Friday night, like party with strangers and kind of build relationships all over the map, Mm. which is, which is healthy and does make (laughs) sense. Which is hell. (laughs) Which is hell. No, I I am relating that a little bit right now. It just feels like hell a little bit, but it's healthy and it does a lot of things to the gray matter in your brain, like gray matter, like the way you're, brain wires sorry the way your brain fires it also wires like you have plasticity so like in your 20s you're kind of like your brain is a very unique thing and you maybe aren't going through what they're thinking as a midlife crisis and they're measuring it by like gray matter so essentially when you become midlife you figure out these are the actual people i like yeah. like these are the friends and usually it's right. their family you're not looking for new ones maybe anymore you're fostering and spending a lot more time with less people mm-hmm. which in one ways is good but in another way it's like your brain actually physically changes in midlife because your social interactions are a lot smaller yeah let's talk about that quickly okay. what do you feel about that and like do you personally think i feel like that, i relate to that i relate to it but sometimes i'm like i am sad about it and like i'll be the first to admit at a party like i do not want to meet new people like I'm, <laughs> yeah, no, I was i'm like terrified and i don't want anyone new <laughs> But there's certain like things I and and because part of my existential crisis is like we're in this pandemic and I really am craving like finding some new community mm-hmm. with no this is not a, a statement on any of our friends or anything like I love our friends and I do feel like I'm having deeper and better relationships with our friends but like I miss like joining a musical theater group and meeting a bunch yeah. of new people and having fun and because that's like a safe space for me. Well, that's interesting because they're kind of saying that 
midlife crisis might be a reaction to that. It might be like, oh my God, I've been around mm. the same people for so I long. Like I got to like, like now all of a sudden yeah. your dad has joined a hockey team and mm. like that might be a small version or like you see a change in like I'm doing the stereotypical man thing or you see a change where like all of a sudden your mom is like, you know what? I need to get out there and start, you know, joining a hockey team. Like there's right. just like things that you might see your parents mm-hmm. do because they're like, holy shit, I just like, my life became so small. Yeah. But well, also, I mean, it probably lines up with when your kids are finally done being raised. Yeah. And so one thing they said, though, was that midlife crises were a lot worse for people who didn't build families. Were worse. Yeah. So what they were realizing is like, I think they were like, this is a separate study now. This is the one that was saying a different time, like 35 to 50. Okay. They were saying that loneliness is like, they were defining a midlife crisis as like, a deep feeling of loneliness and they were saying the reason it's worse for men than women is that women are really good at keeping up their relationships like with friends groups. yeah throughout their like time raising a family mm-hmm. whereas men i isolate themselves more and have a harder time keeping up relationships and they think that's why men maybe have to go through more of a midlife hmm. crisis more because they're kind of like alone in it. Yeah. yeah and they were going through the gray matter of like men like stereotypical fathers and and mothers in the same families and finding that when men didn't have families, they were having like way less social interactions. Mm -hmm. And they were saying the main way to stave off a midlife crisis was to be in a house with more people. So it's like the more kids and family that you've created, the more social interactions you're having, the less likely your gray matter is going to shift as much and the less likely you're going to be lonely and therefore, you're the less likely you're going to have what they thought was a midlife crisis. Huh. I'm yeah. having a reaction to that. Oh, what is oh, it? I don't know. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Like, and as, as someone who identifies as a man, and I feel like um, <laughs> I, I can relate to the, like, I want to have more social interaction in my life, but I definitely am more isolating. Like, especially yeah. compared between the two of us. Like, you're much more social. But I get it. Like, I'm getting older, and I'm like, it is hard to... Especially like in a my pandemic. instinct on the day is always, I'd rather be home alone. Yeah. But I love the idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, we listened to an amazing podcast about happiness. So they distinguished between liking something and wanting it. Mm-hmm. And like my wanting dopamine desire is to be alone. But like what I want for my life is to have like richer, better relationships. And I read about things mm-hmm. like this and hear about how like people who have smaller social circles struggle more as they age. And I am like, I want to have more people in my social circle but it's hard it's a lot of work it's challenging to coordinate amongst like you know lots of people and as you get older i feel like it does become everyone's harder. busy in Everyone your 20s everyone's family. like yeah i'll do that yeah now it's like well will i like we're all gonna get a midlife crisis but then i'm like how do we avoid it <laughs> well they said the feeling satisfied with one's friendships was a top trade associate association in the higher associative regions of the brain for preventing midlife crisis so consistently working on friendships regardless of your age and how and having a family which is so interesting because i kind of thought that people who had midlife crisis it was almost because they had a family and like they built a family and therefore they they never like bought the porsche or whatever but but there this one study is saying that actually the Hmm. people in your home and your kids are what's allow your brain to continue to have these interactions this is why i want to join a cult <laughs> yeah. I love how you're, you're so commune. extreme. You're like, I don't really want to hang out with anyone, but like, I think I need I'd like a cult. to be in a cult. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that's what no, I, I just I love the idea of a commune because 
I am really poor at organizing and setting it up. But if I can be put in the situation where it's unavoidable, then I'll reap the benefit of it. Mm. You know, yeah. same with like even why I like to work with a trainer because I just like won't go to the gym. But I really do enjoy feeling healthy and fit and like exercising and stuff that I feel like a commune is the structure or archetype for forcing community it's one of the ways, yeah. obviously. It's interesting, though, to think of a midlife crisis as a lack of relationships with kids, friends, or family, right? Because right. it's like, that's not I how think it it's not how it shows. And I think it's it's just me reading these studies, and this has nothing to do with them. This is my personal opinion. Sometimes it feels like the stereotype is a guy buys a car to work on alone. Hmm. Like, it's like, it's like you're almost filling in your right. time with a task that is isolating when maybe it's like the more knowledge you have to be like, wait, actually maybe it is better if I join a hockey league and right. not just like, you know, do this yeah. thing. I don't know. Like I actually don't even know enough. And I think we should do this podcast again when we actually like are going when we're, it. When we're like 50s. 50 at that point, we're all going to just be like cyborgs and we'll just close our eyes and be like, hey, and like just like go live <laughs> from our like literal biochemically like <sighs> chips in our body. But yeah, like I kind of always thought it had to do with like, buying an object or I think moving that's like the your way that the media or, portrays it for yeah. sure is that it's like these extreme acts that are out of character for someone because they've had a breaking point of realizing i haven't lived my life the way yeah. i should or want and suddenly i'm like why haven't i worked this hard and i don't have anything to show for it like maybe i just need to like spend money and do something crazy and suddenly be like and i like, want to travel the world yeah, or, like, or like let's get a boat and sail and like yeah. like it makes it's that idea of like feeling stuck and this thing you're buying yeah. or doing might get you out of that. And I do think there's something like material or like, or like buying things that like represent youthness. Mm. And I'm like, it's interesting. Cause I'm like, it would be really smart if I'm in it, I'm able to go, I just need more relationships. And then mm -hmm. you go, maybe it does involve some amount of money. Like maybe traveling like with a group of people or something, mm -hmm. it would be nice. But like, I kind of, I'm like, I hope I remember this when I maybe get there and just go, okay, Greg, like literally just do a pottery class. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? Like but something that's so actually hard, cool. Though, when and you're like feeling, and it's hard. I'm sure it's different <clears throat> levels of difficult for different people, but I definitely think it's hard, especially when you're struggling with something to then be like, I will actually put myself out there more. Yeah. It's like so much easier when you're thriving to be like, I'm going to be out there yeah. around people. Uh, but you're right. It's like, how do you hold on to that? And I have read this. I haven't finished this book, but it's called Friendship. And it's like the science of the impact on friends. And it, it talks a lot about the like gender divide between how men's social circles just like dwindle so much. Oh, and they so often rely sad. on their wives in a heterosexual yeah. relationship. Um, but if their wives leave them or die, it's like it can be like super isolating. Or if the wife is actually like, I'm building my friendships without you because that's also really normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to continue my friendships. Like, you go continue yours. Like, I'm not going to, like, baby you. Yeah, I mean... Like, it's sad. Like, it it's hard. It might just be cultural as well. Like, men are told to, like, not share their feelings and have need support groups Oh, that is stuff, that right? is fully an issue. Like, yeah. that is so an issue. It's, like, it's interesting that a midlife crisis has to do with relationships and men, quote-unquote, suffer more. However, we should not pretend that this can't or doesn't happen to women. Yeah, that's you know? true. But it, you're right that it's, like, stereotypically about men. And that may also be a result of sexism that men were the ones who are like working and, and have these different expectations of them where it was like women were held down. It was just like you didn't necessarily imagine your life to be something different. Also, the study said that fa 
that one of the best ways to stave off a midlife crisis was to have a family. But a lot of women that don't have families are more likely to end up in the stereotypical jobs, which are highly underpaid, but the most valuable in society. And that's why society is patriarchy and misogynist. But like jobs like nursing or teaching, where you actually have really rich relationships with people. Mm -hmm. And therefore, they thought also women who don't have families actually end up having more relationships because hmm, they go job. into spaces like yeah that. whereas yeah. men end up in more isolating career paths so like if a man decides not to have a family they're like that's the highest like, right. chance of a midlife crisis so i want to go into my study and but i'm going to start with the caveat and this is not to dismiss any of the research you just said there's lots of research out there but i did come across the fact that a lot of psychologists do not believe midlife crisis oh, exists i kind of found these studies a little Wacko. Like I was like actually kind of like, okay, first of all, you can't figure out the ages. Like right, yeah. the, they were kind of, it felt like they, no, I totally don't. That doesn't surprise so me at that all. That doesn't mean that it can't happen. I, yeah. I think like the largest study that was ever done found only around 24% of men in this study had this moment. But then when they looked at the moment of a midlife crisis, quote unquote, um, they were so unlinked. So it was like all different versions hmm. caused by different things, leading yeah. to different emotions, Life's leading so to different problems. Yeah. And so there's no clear, like, oh, def- I think psychologists are like, if there is a midlife crisis, it should actually happen at the same time. Yeah. Or roughly, like yeah. a 30 year window is pretty massive. Yeah, like literally, <laughs> like I, if you include all the studies I had, it was from like mid 30s up to 70. I'm like, that's pretty much like most of your life. Yeah. Um, however, then I found a thing that was like economists strongly disagree and have been able to find, and maybe that's through what, people like buying, buying stuff, stuff, but there's just been studies that say they ha- have seen a measurable decline in happiness at the age of around 40 in a study of 1.3 yeah. million people is over 51 countries. Yeah. So whether that's a midlife crisis is the same as a drop in happiness that ties Ooh. into my next study, which actually, or my first study looked at, um, chimpanzees. So saying. not macaques. Not macaques. Different. This is chimpanzees and Ape. orangutans. So they studied 500 male and female apes across multiple continents. Um, and basically they measured their mood, their enjoyment they gained from socializing, their success at achieving goals. So it was mainly zookeepers. All I was going to be like, it must have been humans like assessing. It was humans them. assessing this, but, but they, like they wouldn't would have know. known. And, yeah. sorry, and they wouldn't have known what the study was about. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, here's a survey. We want you to like track these and like, gorillas. You know and, what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure gorillas. these zookeepers have these gorgeous relationships with these animals. They yeah. Would. So basically, like, <laughs> they were asked a series of questions, not just about the animals, like, happiness. Like, it would be tests they would give them. And the final question that the caregivers were asked was, like, how would you feel about being that ape for a week? <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. They Either probably way, <clears throat> over love the, to be the ape. Over the 500 apes that were measured, they found... um in middle age, well-being dipped, and then it climbed again as they moved into old age. So there was this pattern that it like your well-being starts high, like self-proclaimed. Obviously, in this case, it's like measured by someone watching, and then it dips in middle age, and then it goes back up. Is what they found in the animals. And to wow. be clear, 
apes in captivity live to around 50 plus years old. So, so what was their midlife age? So they said the lowest well-being occurred at 28 for chimps and 35 for orangutans. Okay. And then they, in this study, were like, that roughly corresponds to midlife in humans. Yeah. Like as in probably a like little 50. older. Yeah, because humans live for like a bit longer. I love that. That's a funny way to do it. Yeah. That's a really yeah. funny way to try and be like, and just be like, maybe there's like an evolution. Maybe a, maybe there's a physiological change in our bodies. Or maybe we've been alive long enough that things feel a little more monotonous. But then in older age, we start to accept that that's just the way it is. Yeah, like, or you're like, I'm running out of time. I need to like, you know, life's beautiful. Yeah. Or also, you would definitely figure shit out. But then the, there are some heavy criticism lofted at this study as well. Yeah, it like, is a little Psychologists thing. being like, how... <laughs> Like, A, most other research doesn't show a significant effect. And it's like, apes, we know they don't think as far. Like, humans are so unique because we think really far ahead. Far ahead so yeah. what are the apes sad about? I love <laughs> learning about animal about? brains. And it's like, they live in the present. Like, animals yeah. are so good at mindfulness and meditation. That's all they do. That's like and all Ernie our dog does. All the, I look at they, him and I'm just like, you're just happy all the time. Because, because he's in the moment. Like, everyone's just like, be in the moment, be in the moment. I'm like, we're just these psycho animals <laughs> that are always thinking about the future. We're really some of the few, like, mammals on Earth that do that. That are yeah. that are able to deeply Blessing remember the past and deeply think about the future. It's amazing, but it's like so funny that in this day and age, everyone's like, don't, no, ignore those things and just live in the moment. <laughs> and it's like, that's really hard. And that's what every animal does. I like know. a squirrel. Because they don't have up. a construct around them, like telling them to get a job. Like Ernie just has us working. He yeah, doesn't think about anything. Okay, so Mitch. Yeah. Do you think you're in a midlife crisis? Um, uh, <laughs> Like, do you, what do you, like, what, like, you felt good before? It's not, like, a midlife crisis, but we've been doing the same job for a really long time. Yeah. And, and I think it is just sort of a, there's a point at which you're kind of like, what? Like, I'm not really, where... I think for me, sometimes it's like a lack of progress, which is like arbitrary and measured by myself. But it's mm -hmm. like when you do something for so long, you get good enough at it that you don't really have to push yourself anymore. We're like in this stage where like it is what it is. We get people to watch videos and share education and it's amazing. But it's like that hedonic adaptation. It's mm -hmm. like if you suddenly get a job that gives you a bunch more money, it will feel good at, at first. But then if you stay at that amount, then you sort of go like, it just kind of goes away until it's totally normal. Yeah. And so I feel like maybe that's where I'm at. That's the one side of it. The other side is sort of like the existential question. And this comes from privilege of being like, oh, we've been able to feel really stable financially, luckily for our job and have had lots of experiences that I am like, what else is there? <laughs> like in general in the universe for your life. And like, like what are we doing this all for? Like, why why are we all working so hard to get money and be successful? And like, what it what's the point of it? I get the point is for a lot of people to just survive as well. But we're like beyond the just survival thing because mm. we are like lucky enough to have money and a house and like not have to worry about day to day. Like, I think in some ways, if if you have to be stressed about money every day, then that's what your focus is on. Girl, I need a gratitude journal, hon. I guess, and I'm not saying, not to say that that's. I'm not saying anything, no, but, but I'm like a lot of research shows there, that yeah. for sure. Like I took that happiness course, and that was one of oh the with things. Pushkin the the podcast girl. What's her name? Yeah, Lori Santos. I just always her name she, is she, not Pushkin. No, but she always is on her <laughs> podcast. Goes Pushkin. I think that's a network of podcasts. Oh well, it um, sounds like her voice. It um, is. <laughs> but yeah, I do. 
I do think that's really interesting because I, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like that's hard. It is just like, I think, I think it's like a middle phase for me, not to midlife crisis, hello, but it's like the transition between learning new ideas and then actually believing them. And I think I am really interested in like philosophy and Buddhism. I don't study those things, obviously, but I listen to a lot of people talk about them and they kind of make you question what we're all doing and what makes us happy and why it will like the things that give us stress. And it's like, why should that? And I'm in the phase where I like, I know the things that are interesting and they're just making me like critically evaluate my life, which makes me feel really weird. And so like you're learning where I'm like able to like, feel like I've moved past that. So you're learning about like Buddhism and like living in the present and that like, the things that you thought mattered, like what, like what were the things that, what are, what are the things that Buddhism's like kind of attacking in your personality? And well, it sounds intense. It's but. like the existence of the self. Um, but also that like your suffering comes from your clinging to what you want things to be and stuff like that. And yeah. That, like, I don't know. Like, obviously it's like goes back to that hedonic treadmill and you always want more and you always want more and you think, Oh, if I just get this, if we just get X in our life or on social media, when we reach that milestone, it's going to feel so good. Huh? So and you're, then, then you're you get like, there and then you just, I'm so used to that treadmill now. If now I'm even like, I know why I'm I not going to feel good yeah. when I get those things that we're huh. trying to get. So that. is it making you complacent and then not want to do anything? And then that makes you feel bad? Well, I don't know. I think like I've heard a lot of people talk about finding personal gratification from like helping others and doing things that are more uh, altruistic. Yeah. And I guess I feel like our job is in some ways, like I've always felt good about sharing and, or sorry, like being an educational channel and yeah. teaching science. But yeah. I think cause it's on the internet and I think in the last two years being in a pandemic, it's so isolated that I don't know that I really feel like we're helping people. That's so funny. You know I, mean? I really think, that maybe the only reason I'm able to do this and feel that less is because I actually think what we're doing matters. Like, for example, I'm like, we made a video that taught people what the mRNA vaccine does and it has 10 million views. Mm. Like, I'm like, that to me is like, I could only imagine as a kid, that's like the most incredible freaking thing I would be able to do with my life. I also always wanted to be a science teacher. So maybe it's Mm -hmm. easier for me because it's like, that is just being a science teacher like on steroids or it's easier to feel like that actually made a difference but i guess think about that video yeah but i feel pretty detached because like it's like the internet things just go around and i don't like i don't think about it every day but people clearly use that video to get the vaccine yeah that's true like i do feel i feel good about that when i think about it but i don't think about it that often but then there's another part of me Hmm. like that steps out and it's like what's that even for like of course i understand we're living in the moment and we're like we we want to support and encourage people to get vaccines we want to like fight climate change we want to do all these things but like in the grand scheme now you of go it, to like the universe scale yeah sometimes i'm like we're literally in this blip oh ernie's barking sorry <laughs> we're in this blip of time that's so specific to ourselves but like humans have been existing for a hundred thousand years like we're just like I don't know. Sometimes I just like see the large scale and I'm like, what are we freaking out about anything for? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's so interesting. Cause I feel like I zoom out to the universe, you know, the, <laughs> like the little blip that is our lives, even this existence on earth, like every aspect of everyone's life, whether you're like 
you know, Barack Obama or like someone else. Like you, like there is a meaninglessness to that Mm -hmm. only when I'm really stressed. Like I, I don't go there when I'm feeling like I use it as a coping mechanism, but you're right. It could easily be used to then just be like, actually, I don't want to do anything. And it's not that it makes me want to do nothing, but it makes me feel like I'm trying to find like an intellectualized, a reason for it yeah and i think what will happen as i continue on this journey especially like as i actually feel like i understand more and more what some of these like philosophies are teaching is like you can't do that you can't (laughs) do what like you actually can't there's not a reason or an answer like to things Oh, yeah. So then you can't even expect to be looking so stop, for it. Yeah. Stop yeah. worrying about it. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm in the stage yeah. where I'm like, there's no reason. Yeah. What is it? If I don't find it, it's meaningless. Yeah. And then the real answer is like, well, it is meaningless. So just like. So like go back don't to worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Whoa. don't really know. I don't know. I just like am in that weird phase right now. No, it's really interesting. Like, I do think there's something so interesting because it's like, yeah, like I'll come home and Mitch will be like blasting like Alan Watts, like that your finger is just <laughs> meant to be the same and like you really put a lot of like energy what you just <laughs> or it's just like it's what like, did it's you like, just say it's like there's no difference finger. between the tip of your finger and the air beside <laughs> it you are the universe and the universe is you and it's like it's true like those things are all beautiful and interesting but it's like so funny to think that if you're not at a certain point it could also maybe like hinder a little bit like any yeah. aspect of growth there's always yeah like an issue. there's like this beginning growing stage where sometimes it's harder yeah like therapy when you start to learn about yourself you're like um i hate myself yeah and it risks yeah. like it risks you feeling like really sad or even working out you're like i am in physical pain yeah but then it's stage and you start to be like now i feel better but when you first start working out it like hurts yeah and i feel like maybe i'm just a little bit in that where i'm like clinging on to these ideas too strongly and looking at them in a way that's like Mm -hmm. i've never really thought about and it's like making me be like holy shit what is the point of anything (laughs) but i do think that is kind of midlife crisis vibes i know we kind of just found out that many psychologists (laughs) agree and the the studies i've read were really bunky ass and that's not even a real thing maybe but i think a lot of crises in general are linked to this thing we're told which is like success matters Mm -hmm. literally now we live in this disgusting in my opinion social media world where it's like visibility and clicks and like Mm -hmm. it's all linked to like this quote-unquote success that if you just buy into that fully it's going to be really stressful but you might be like this is what life's about and then all of a sudden you have a lot of like purpose even though it's obviously we know like really like you're going to burn out it's going to be really depressing and hard you have maybe like uniquely had a lot of quote-unquote success in that world and now you have to reckon with the fact that it's like not meaningful whereas a lot mm-hmm. of people might be searching for that for a long time yeah and find then out later like, maybe get it maybe you are having an early midlife crisis because you got a lot of the success and things mm-hmm. early the family thing's interesting because like you don't have a family like it'd be interesting for you to have all this in a family at the age of 33 and like wonder right. if you feel the same way or if really what the science says is a family can like really stave off these issues because that actually weirdly i don't know because i don't have kids but i could imagine that hijacks your neurons mm-hmm. and the circuitry of your brain to be like, this is what matters. Yeah. Cause I now have, and, and almost just distracts you too. Cause you don't have time yeah. to like stress yeah. about the other stuff. Cause you're like, I have to take care of this kid. And you're actually probably feeling a love for a thing that I can't even really fathom. I don't know. Like, yeah, if that's true. Like I know some people are like, actually like, I don't have issues with having kids, <laughs> but like yesterday, that person on that podcast about happiness said that, only thing she has not hedonically adapted to is is hugging her kid. 
cuddling yeah yeah like that's really that makes interesting sense. and she was like because your kids are always changing so yeah. like you're never getting used to them because yeah. they adapt and all, like every month your kid's different yeah and Even every time you like hug your 14 kid to 16 yeah. to 18 is like we so kind of recall for myself like so distinctly different yeah. ages and every time you hug your kid they're hugging them at a different stage where they're maybe mm -hmm. hugging you because they want to or yeah i never also crying never adapt to hugging and cuddling or any like my dog. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Me neither. That's stuff maybe. That's... But I'm sure it will be even stronger feelings for yeah. a kid when you're just like, oh my God, I love this thing so much. It's so intense. But yeah, no, you're definitely like on like, you're thinking deeply about things. That's just good. And But sometimes it's not. But that's where I also not. realize yeah. like also often what Buddhism or these philosophers are talking about is the acknowledgement that um, like the advantage of being human from an evolutionary standpoint is that we're so smart. We were able to socialize in groups and like come together and do these amazing things. And the mental suffering is the trade-off like yeah. that. We can think so far in advance and be anxious about things that might never happen and be stressed about like con concepts versus just like a literal lion. Like Ernie can't be stressed out by a concept, but like I can be stressed out by this like virtual world of the internet yeah. and what it means to have like not, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like a certain amount of people watching or liking or commenting or all those things. And so and life like, is what suffering. will that be in 10 Isn't years? Isn't that a Buddhist thing? Life is suffering. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I kind of find that really comforting sometimes. Yeah. It's like life is suffering and then you're like, okay, well, it's not that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like and I don't want to suffer. Like it's an I'm also like a really say. big baby when it comes to pain and I'm like, maybe it's linked and I'm just like a big baby when it comes to any kind of suffering. Like you're a big, oh my God. You know what I mean? How they sometimes say emotional pain is actually not that different yeah. from physical and people sometimes regulate emotional pain through painkillers like you can they're mm. like actually linked where like ibuprofen and i'm not oh recommending God, this to anyone so but funny. studies like, have said like ibuprofen can make people feel less emotional yeah. that <laughs> maybe i'm just like really sensitive to pain and really sensitive to like emotional turmoil yeah no and you're also you have like an extreme personality like there's something like it's like you're you're I could see you getting so extremely into Buddhism that you're actually like, I don't want to work ever again. Do you know what I mean? Whereas <laughs> yeah. it's like, or you could take those teachings and understand right. you have Balance to work. Them. Yeah. Or like, I know you'll get there, but you're just like a funny person who I've seen in no, your life. No, truly. I'm like really intensely. I, the other day I asked my mom if she wanted to like travel to India and I was like, and then she would leave and I would just like go into an ashram for a year and just like stay there. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like, you're either literally doing that. Or you're like a capitalist pig who like is gonna like, <laughs> like take make, over the world, like have the most <laughs> success financially in the world. Like it's like so funny. You're like I'm either or, and anything in between is a Does failure. Anyone else feel that? I think a lot so of people like, feel that. You the like dichotomous I, living, but you have as you just have an interesting like. Since the time I've known you, you felt like you've always been obsessed with this sort of like Buddhist Gandhi thing. That's always been a part of you, right? Yeah. But then there's also always been this part of you that's been like, I'm gonna fucking kill it. Like, I'm going to be successful. Like, I'm gonna be the really good yeah, at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, you were all over. Like, I, I know that, like, that's, like, maybe a small portion of your life. But I really think that probably had a really big impact on your development. Like, you were a really successful kid. Like you were like a child star. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like a serious thing. Like a lot of yeah, child yeah. stars like maybe suffer with similar things. Whereas like I was a dumbass in grade nine, like who like picked my nose and was like, I don't know, maybe I'll be a teacher. You know what I mean? Like 
that's probably made it a little bit like I didn't have high ambitions for myself. Like in that sense. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you always did. And I think your parents are like, they really fostered like, like your sister. So like you and your sister are ambitious. Mm -hmm. Like that word ambitious is interesting. Yeah. I would struggle to have, and I wonder though, like, I feel like a lot of people do feel like this, but maybe not. Like I struggled to have the same thing for a long period of time, even if when I, and that means like a job in this case, like any job I've had that I've loved at first, eventually I start, if it doesn't evolve and change enough, I feel like it shocks me that some people can just be like, yeah, I'm just comfortable and I don't need to make my life any different now. Well, they're working to live probably, right? Maybe. And that might be the truth, but some people are just more like comfortable. Yeah. Like can be like, here's my salary. It's enough for me to live, to have my family, to whatever. And I'm just going to do that job the rest of my life. And that's, and and a lot of people aren't like that. And then they have a midlife crisis. (laughs) I'm kidding. Maybe, but I think there's the other side. And I know lots of people who are similar to this where it's like, I can't just like do the same thing forever. Like I want to constantly feel like I'm Mm -hmm. growing and progressing. I think, yeah. But maybe I'm too far on one extreme. Yeah. And I think a lot of people maybe feel that too, but maybe their job isn't giving them the option. They know that's like how they're going to feel financially stable. So they're looking to outside of their job for growth. Mm -hmm. Get it there. There's so many ways you can feel growth that have nothing to do with your job, but you're in a really interesting job where whatever you do defines it. Like, no, Mm -hmm. there's no one telling you what to do. So it's up to you to figure out what it is. And therefore, Mm -hmm. like, you can still be really ambitious and you can still do all this stuff but then buddhism's like but why <laughs> like just don't <laughs> or like it's whoa. not saying don't but it's just no saying, sorry like, but it's questioning like, to those yeah. ideas so strongly because yeah. yeah. that's actually what brings suffering when yeah. you can't get, get that. that and you were probably really motivated by them but if you before yeah. like, understanding buddhism even like creating a science was yeah. like part of that it was like exciting and i wanted to create something like this with you mm. that would like affect people and like be seen by lots of people and educate people and like to whatever degree degree that's worked obviously it's had an impact like we have lots of videos with many people watching them so it's just like is that bad it's trying to like measure like obviously i feel positive about that in one place but on the other hand that's the result of a behavior and mentality that's Mm -hmm. maybe actually not that positive wow right like to have had that much motivation and care to be driven by views and subscribers and money and stuff i feel so stupid and dumb beside you i'm like oh I'm wait like, what no i'm just like you're thinking about all this stuff so deeply and i'm just like i make video i make video about saying <laughs> like, not true <laughs> no i'm just like wow okay well true now i'm like oh my god okay well, am i having a midlife crisis no because like, i think you're more well balanced as but, a human being Oh, okay. I am a Libra. Like, you're not as extreme. I'm a Libra. I don't know. Right? Does not know what that means. I don't know what what that means either, but I know it's a scale. It's not real. But I know it's a scale. Do we have a podcast on that already? Nope. Astrology already. Oh my God. Are you kidding? That one's going to be intense. (laughs) Astrology is so intense these days. Um, I'm going to end with one last thing that's going to like impact you. It was a fun little side fact study related to midlife crisis. And now, as we said, midlife crisis might not be real, but (laughs) this other study found that marijuana use was a associated with a higher risk of social and financial midlife crisis. Oh, I'm in for a big <laughs> toasty one. 
<laughs> so, but it said that people, I'm trying to find the number. It was oh, like, oh, I'm going to have a bigger, four big or more one. days a week, maybe was the oh, number. Oh, there's a Tesla Model 3 coming after your But they studied like a thousand people from birth to age 38. And that's how they started finding like the people who had. Maybe your midlife crisis was to buy a Tivoli Model 3. And because <laughs> I have smoked so much weed, mine's going to be, or a eat Tesla so much Model weed, 3. a Tesla Model 3. <laughs> I'm going to go way past uh, the like radio clock. Maybe. Yeah, we'll find out. No, I'm trying to. Dec- I've been really good with marijuana recently. I rewatched my own video about what happens when you quit weed. <laughs> and oh I God. literally watched the video I made about quitting weed in order to like help myself. And I'm like, this is insane. It's like you're telling your you've made this to tell that yourself. That makes sense. So that going back to that happiness lab, like she's uh, Laurie Santos, who's a professor at I think it's. I forget which Yale or something. Yale or something. One of those Ivy League. But she always is like, you'd think that I'm like the happiness researcher. I would like have figured it all out. But she's constantly having to like remind herself. Yeah. And that's and go also, through those struggles. That other psychologist was saying she was like, I study happiness. And it's just sort of like whatever chapter I'm writing, I'm doing well. Yeah. While I'm writing it, it'll be like, you're like be nice to others. And then she like for like <laughs> while she writes that chapter for months, she's nice to others. And then it's like, that's interesting because I feel like that with ASAP science. Like I actually... Mm really limited how much weed I was consuming when I was learning about how addictive (laughs) it is and what happens when you try and quit. And now I'm having to rewatch that Mm -hmm. in order to deal with it now. And now I'm making one about what happens when you quit porn and I haven't watched porn. Right. But it's like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make one in the future and I'm going to forget and be like, shit, I have to remember to not watch porn. Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it is true. Just like you come in and out of things. Yeah, that's uh, but okay. I'm just like, how do you see it from the outside? Yeah, like, I don't you, know. Like oh when we God. were listening to that podcast the other day, I kind of had a moment of realization where it was like, you just like it was a reminder that hedonic adaptation is a thing. The hedonic yeah. treadmill where it's like you think you want something until you get, get it. it then and you then like it for a bit it. but yeah even yeah. if it's your phd and like and those things i'm not saying any of those things are bad like it doesn't even have to be a negative well thing. Gr- okay that's that thing that we're gonna end and everyone's like um everyone's just like <laughs> listening up. being like these people are <laughs> truly like going through something but the gratitude journal i must say i'm the type of person that wants one like i feel like every self-help slash mm-hmm. science youtuber or whatever they're just like gratitude and it's like (laughs) annoying kind of i kind of roll my eyes at it but i will say it is the only tangible thing that's ever been explained to me to somewhat help deal with the hedonic adaptation that Mm. is life because it's like you think about the thing that if you didn't have you'd be sad you missed Mm. it and i do it every i've been doing it every morning for like seven months and i'm like I don't know. I, I'm not sent. I don't think I'm in a bad place. Like, I think I'm lucky to be quite a happy person, but I'm like, it is. Sometimes they're so lazy and I'm just like looking, I'm like, I'm grateful for the coffee mug in front of me. Like, it's like, I'm like bullshitting it just to get it done. Yeah. But then other times I'm like, Oh my God, like I actually really now mm-hmm. care about that thing that I never would have cared about because it's just there. And I bought it years ago and it's meaningless, but it's actually meaningful. Yeah. So it's like, no, I do think that is a good thing to do. My only caveat and the frustration is like, there's a million things. It's like, I've seen a classic TikToks that make jokes where it's like, after I do my one hour of exercise, my 30 minutes of meditation, my 30 minutes of gratitude journaling, my whatever, whatever, whatever. It's like, there's all, and then like, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, now I'm ready to live life. And yeah. it's like, also you privileged. Like you're you running out of time. Yeah, exactly. So privileged <laughs> that you can do that. That's why you're appreciative. Yeah. But honestly, I, but this, honestly. I'm, I'm literally just saying this thing that I do in the morning mm-hmm. that takes three minutes. Yeah. Like I actually only do six things. Yeah. 
right? That's that actually takes. I did it for like a little a bit. Seconds. I just like I'm so bad at morning journaling. I just I don't like it. But maybe I should try again. Like even like morning pages and stuff. I've like started and then it's like every three months I do one. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's funny. Everyone's different, okay? Yeah. And some of us are just bound to struggle for the rest of our lives. Life is suffering. <laughs> Buddhism. Okay, bye. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was no, crazy. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, bye. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.